I'm just kidding. I'm like you. I'm like you. Hello, Django. Hey, it's Brayden and Jeff and Roman. Oh. Hey, hey, Django. It's it's your podcast. Just hi, Colin. Just to say hi and stuff. Hey, Raw Dad. I uh, I cracked the system, but I don't know what uh, what I need to do. So uh, let me know. Brayden's Brayden's cracking codes, and Roman got a like a giant box of porn or something. Yeah, a mysterious. <laughs> V- vigilante or something yeah, in the night. Just... The, the York boys donated porn to me or something. I just, we just hope you're okay and uh, we miss you and stuff. I don't know if I miss him. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. Roman's feeling grumpy again. He's been on just like a real. It's, it's grump been kick. less than twenty four hours. <laughs> He's a good friend of ours. <laughs> yeah, he'll be back. All right, perfectly accessible comics podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to drop the phone. I don't, it's already cracked. <laughs> <laughs>
I was really just. Oh, buckshot! Uh, Holy <laughs> shit! Um, well, well Jango, we so haven't. Oh my god! He's. My time. he's... Super number sixteen oh. <laughs> as one of my favorite, uh, slightly homoerotic covers of any Superman comic I've ever read. You saw it too. The. Uh... The old guy, whoever's talking. Roman. In the beginning and the end. Hey. I'm curious about that. Maybe we'll find out in the next issue. Black Panther number one. Uh, I'm confused, and I don't think I would be less confused if I had been reading Black Panther the whole time. Mm. It's pretty good. I want more space. Old Man Hawkeye number five. Um, man, we're getting a lot of venom in this. And uh, <laughs> I like that they end up in a place that venom can maybe get on some dinosaur bones. I also read Barrier number four. Uh, still good. Moon Knight, number 195, is disgusting, and I loved it. The way oh. that they touch everybody and absorb them. Oh. I also read um, Nothing Else, the end. I've never felt so far away from your buckshot round. I don't have a visual aid. I can't see the gross things you were talking about. Django, did you say you want more space? I want more space in that Black Panther. It, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I never got the feeling that they were in space except when we saw those beautifully colored skies. I like those a lot. And when they mentioned the Shi'ar Empire, which you are a big fan of. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Man, Thank you're you for a, a lot. I think we're just going to cut the, chop this and use it as intro or segues into all of our conversations. Because <laughs> you did the dang thing, Raw Daddy. You know what? Do what you gotta do. Oh. Uh, I, I got I got nothing else. Except for a body in New Orleans. How is that? Oh, it's nice. It's uh, pretty warm here. We just ate a bunch of good food. And, in the uh, French Quarter? We're doing crawfish boil in a couple days. Do oh. you gotta take a picture of that crawfish boil for me. I'll take a picture of it. I'll eat one for you. Oh. Craw daddy, raw daddy. Listen, Brayden's hacking mainframes. I'm looking cute, and Roman is the best owl that there is. So we're holding this place down. All right, I, I believe in you guys. All right, buddy, have a great trip. Hey, listen, I'm yeah. not going to be on the podcast this week. Will you tell everybody that? Uh, they, they won't know. They won't know. <laughs> Brayden okay. said right. they won't know. You boys. <laughs> Bye, Django. Bye. You know, I like that guy. <laughs> He's all right. He's yeah. a good guy. That was cool. Our episode, whatever we're on, is starts starts with a buckshot round. Eighty three. Eighty three. Wow. Yeah. Eighty three. Welcome to the buckshot. Welcome to the buckshot. That was a very great intro, Braden. Yeah. Until fucking Django. <laughs> Once again. Isn't that amazing that he was able to sort of leave a pile <laughs> right in front of you? You've been Django. Oh gosh. 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 So uh, we we got we got through the intro. We we said what we do here and what we're all about, and uh, we got Django's buckshot, which we get in every intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, the books we're going to be talking about this week uh, are as follows: Detective Comics number nine hundred and eighty-one, Black Panther number one, Black Hammer: Age of Doom number two. Adventure Time Beginning of the End, number one. Invincible Iron Man, number 600. The Beef, number four. And closing it out with an old man Hawkeye, number five. It's five, right? Yeah. Oh, it's five. Oh, yeah. Boop. Oh, it's five. And it's it's looking good as a five, I'll oh, add. Oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Brayden, and I, uh, I, I, I did the intro, so you guys, what's up? My name is Jeff, and I am enjoying the piss out of this passenger seat. <laughs> My name's Roman, and 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 I'm I'm bringing up the rear. 
<laughs> yuck. Roman's just on a real yuck run this day. <laughs> it's weak. God. This lifetime. Grumpy and gross. Do you want to tell anybody about what uh, what you got for Christmas? What you got for June's Day? For May, May Day? May Day. What happened for you on last night? What did you get as a gift from the the I, I, the porn munchkins? I, <laughs> <laughs> the little porn fairies came by my house sometime after midnight and left a big old box of... DVDs of a of a salacious nature. It's a good thing you didn't um, follow security protocol because they might have they probably would have scattered. Isn't salacious out. nature the band that Django played the bass for in high school? Uh, bass and drums, actually. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I suppose so. You know, we have a camera system at home too, which I don't know how to access because I'm too lazy to put another app on my phone. Sure. But uh, my neighbors always tell me, "Oh yeah, it's really cool." And you, but it's weird. Django's dropped stuff off at my house before, and oh, is that who the porn fairy is? Up, Oh, maybe. <laughs> Un- unrelated, Django has dropped stuff off of my house. And somehow he doesn't show up like a vampire. He doesn't show up on the cameras. Like, like a shadow. Oh, oh, yes. You're welcome, Django. And only he knows. But yeah, this, this, the stuff shows up, and all of a sudden it's on the camera in frame. It's like, wait, how did that? That wasn't there a few frames ago. What? Jeez. It's mysterious. And in this fresh week of comics, we had Detective Comics 981. Mm. Brayden, tell me about... Tell me about that. Um, it's about Bat Batman, I guess. He's a it's he's only kind of though. It's really about the Bat family. Yeah, which uh, James uh, Tinian the Fourth is a big fan of. Uh, he's the one who wrote this book. Uh, pencils by Eddie Barrows, inks uh, Ava Ferreira and Adriana Lucas on colors. Um, this is the finale to. A book about the Bat family kind of uh, headed by Tim Drake and... Did you just knock my mic boom, Stan? I I gave it a little tap. (laughs) That was... All right. Okay. Okay, Grumptown. (laughs) (laughs) Guilt Hill. Tim Drake, he's he's gone through a lot in this uh, this series, which I confess I have not read the entirety of. I've read like the first volume and maybe a little more, and I kind of jumped on for the Lonely Place of Living arc, which uh, really hooked me on it. And there's some shit going down with uh, <laughs> Tim's AI defense thing. He kind of developed to take care of Gotham, like after. Like, so there doesn't have to be a Batman. He's got this whole thing where it's got, like, you know, surveillance and, like, soldiers to, like, go fight crime and stuff. And it's kind of this future that he's been dreaming of that kind of gets sped up uh, exponentially by his actual future self coming and hanging out and shooting people. And then this kid messes with them and shows him his future. It's it's a whole... It's, it's you know, DC Comics, crazy time travel, big ideas, nonsense, which is all fun, but it's really just a stage for this beautiful family drama that all these characters have together. And they, they wrap up their uh, their big finale fight. Uh, spoiler kind of saves the day. Um, that wasn't a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> spoiler of the character. Well, there will be spoilers in this podcast. Good call. Nice one. And Stephanie Brown is very good. I remember, like, getting a random 90s, like, Chuck Dixon, like, spoiler Robin comic back in the day and just being like, oh, who's this spoiler character and being really into it? And that was 
some primo Tim Drake stuff. And that is. Yeah, like the 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 start of the issue was fine. Um, I really really got into it at the end where everybody kind of works out some feelings and talks to each other. I I'm a sucker for that drama stuff. Uh, Batman and Batwoman kind of make up and. Tim gets back together with Stephanie and kind of gives up on like trying to have a perfect future that he's in complete control of. Uh, Sandra Kane, after seeing her alternate reality, like seeing her new 52 self and like her pre new 52 self, I don't know if she was in the new 52, but seeing that like she was like Batgirl at one point and stuff like that, which was like really inspiring for her. So she, cause she's this whole arc has been like struggling with, worrying about being like a bad person and like because she was like trained as an assassin or something but yeah i guess that was my one one of my complaints not that i had many or because i also thought it was a real good issue um but and i confess i haven't read the last two issues mm. but i was leading up till that point and in this issue having a pretty hard time tracking like where everyone was from and what universe they were from and that even sort of started in that super sons arc yeah. but i was like and these are all Everyone here is from this universe, but they got some glimpses of other universes, and then we had... So, the, like, so some people, it had sort of been alluded to that maybe the Rebirth universe was the New 52 universe continuing after Rebirth, but this makes it feel like not that. It was supposed to be, you know, uh, we had future Tim Drake as Batman. That was supposed to be Tim Drake from either... The New 52 universe or the one before that. I'm not sure which one uh-huh. actually had Tim Drake in it or whatever. Hmm. Um, and so uh, James you know, played with the idea of, like, what happened after that universe kind of ended and, like, what would, like, Tim Drake's future have okay. been and then brought him back to here to show okay, so that was Rebirth Tim Drake. Yeah. And then this New is... 52 or pre-New 52. I'm not sure okay. which. I thought we I thought Rebirth was the continuation of pre-New 52. It's all pretty convoluted. What was your favorite ribbon they tied on the characters in here? Um, I'm I'm really glad uh, Batwoman and Bruce, uh, Batman. They're like he 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 has a really good line. He talks about like how he's still like not okay with her decision to like try and kill Clayface uh, a while back, and like he says like we don't have to like see eye to eye and everything, but like we're family and that's important, and I care about you, and I want us to care about each other. I thought that was really nice. Um, I really liked the Tim. Tim wrap-up with Bruce was good. Yeah. That's that sort of like, well, you, I don't know. I, I really like how much this whole run felt like everyone dealing with father issues in a different way. Yeah. And not only that, but like Bruce dealing with being a father and the issues that go along with that. And yeah. I love I love Bruce as a father yeah. to everyone. Um Jameson Union IV did, like, this uh, write-up on uh, Tumblr kind of as a, like, how in Marvel would be, like, a letter that the writer would write at the end or something like that, which you don't see in DC books, so you have to go online to find them. But he says at one point at near the end of this, uh, this long, really uh, engaging read how he talks about kind of how he fell in love with Tim Drake and Batman and the DC universe, which was really cool. But at the end of it, he says, uh, this is all a bit too long, too earnest, and a bit messy, which I think is the trademark Tinian style, mm. which I thought was uh, interesting because like, when I think about the stuff that uh, Tinian writes that isn't like especially spectacular for me, it's 
can be like a little messy or a little long, but like he also puts that it's like too earnest. But I think the earnestness is what always shines through for me. Yeah, I I totally agree. He he, I can relate to the feeling that he's trying to get a something very earnest across, and he uses a lot of words sometimes and sort of messy, large co- plot concepts that aren't necessarily the most elegant. But he's doing it in a way to yeah to get something pretty earnest across, and I think that this story really does capture that. That's a that's awesome to hear him admit that himself. I would give this issue uh, a 9 out of 10. Um, I haven't read the whole series, so I don't really want to read it, but I am really looking forward to reading the entirety of uh, Jimmy T.I.V.'s run on Detective Comics, um, and I'm bummed he's leaving. Um, I give this issue uh, an 8 myself. I think it was a pretty good wrap-up to a pretty darn good run. I'll give it an 8. I love that variant cover, which mm. I think pretty sure is an homage to one of the Dark Knight Returns original issues. Yeah, covers. like um, a lot of these covers have been homages, which are really cool. Like okay. even this, I think, is an homage to something. That's and they, an homage oh. to the first issue of his run. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that oh. was an homage uh, to yeah. a different <laughs> thing. Oh, cool. But yeah, And I also like the fact that this is the first writer that's made me at all interested in Cassandra Cain. Really? Yeah, there's, there's like a lot of a lot. 90s characters that he's introduced and, like, reminded me of. And, like, oh, yeah, that character's yeah. kind of cool, actually. And was kind of thrown away because they were just a random Batman 90s character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of volumes that are homaging the first issue of a writer's run on a book, Black Panther number 1 by Ta-Nehisi Coates and art by Daniel Acuna. Space Black Panther. Space Black Panther. Space! Panthers in space. Space. Um, I feel a lot like Django felt on this issue. Oh, yeah? Um, I definitely didn't know what was going on. I did not read the bulk of Ta-Nehisi Coates' previous Black Panther run, although there yeah. wasn't at yeah, any point... it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he said that, yeah. Um, but I at, at related to that, I had not had an artist on that book I particularly cared about yet, and I, mean, I really like Daniel Acuna. I knew what was what was happening. Um, Black Panther has he wakes up in a in a prison, yeah, or is being forced to mine vibranium with other prisoners for a Wakanda intergalactic empire, and then he he gets uh, he breaks out with the help of some rebels uh, who are. Very Black Panther-esque in their costumes and names. But they're the names of the people that were also in his main run, so it's like different versions of those same characters or those characters from the future. I'm I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be like uh, a different reality or universe where Wakanda became a... Crazy intergalactic empire, yeah. yeah. And especially based on how like they give him the name T'Challa at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's a, maybe a parallel reality. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if this is uh, Black Panther uh, Prime or Black Panther uh, Space, but... Yeah, the, yeah. Um, and no, I, I think it was pretty intentionally supposed to be pretty vague, and he's, mm-hmm. the writing, like the letters page of each issue is going to sort of provide new insight into the different factions of space and whatnot. Yeah. Really, really like Daniel Acuna's art. Um, I really liked the pacing in this. Uh, I liked that it was pretty sparse textually because I do think Daniel Acuna can really 
cartoon his pants off. Yeah, I liked a lot of the action beats. Uh, seeing like Black Panther fight people was was fun for me. Like catching people's hands and bending arms in ways they shouldn't bend, stuff like that. I'm into um, some of the gunplay stuff. I was a little harder for me to follow, but the core of it, I thought I had fun with. And just super colorful, like crazy spacescapes. Like there's only like that one panel at the start of like a ship uh, drifting through space, but it's like so colorful and weird textures. And it's like, and like, I don't know what space actually looks like, but <laughs> I like to think it's more than just, you know, complete black with white specks. Sprink sprinkles. Yeah. Sprinkles on top. Yeah, I, I liked the art because it's not necessarily a story that would have super interested me. I, I don't really know where it was going, or you know, we don't know where it's going yet, but I really liked this style of art, and I was just enjoying sort of going, like visually taking in a story because um, it felt similar in a lot of ways to like the Saladin Ahmed Black Bolt. Yeah, art. I was just about to say that too. Yeah, um, so that was sort of, feeling like that, that was hard to separate in my brain um it was yeah pretty if you're into black panther I, I would i would definitely check it out yeah it's interesting that <clears throat> apparently this is either an alternate alternate reality or four thousand years in the future um because they start out talking about this wakandan detachment the colony that established a colony on the outer edges of the cosmos it's going to be interesting seeing what he does what Coates does with um, this idea that this Wakandan outpost took took their beliefs um, so far to the point of saying that uh, their traditional notion of self-defense to radical ends, meaning true self-defense, meant the conquest of all potential foes. Yeah. Mm. So making the Wakandans the colonizers here and enslaving other people. In fact, in fact, one of the classes that they use for slaves for mining, they're called the Maroons, which a character in here, the leader of the Rebels, says is because they they were marooned on this planet, the different races. Okay, I was wondering about that because they didn't look like the color maroon. Yeah, yeah, it's not the color maroon, but it's also a uh, callback to um, real maroons in history, which were slaves that um, either as soon as the ship landed, the slave ship landed, they escaped and took off and mm -hmm. interbred with whatever indigenous people. So. There was Maroons in Louisiana. There was Maroons in Mexico. There was Maroons in Central America, hmm. North America. Um, <clears throat> so obviously he's drawing a parallel there between the, the real history of slavery and this future history of slavery. That, so it's, it's going to be really interesting. Th yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That, and, that makes me even more interested in it. Yeah, and this art, I, and I agree with you, Jeff. So I, I've been reading the main series up to this point, a lot of times I'm, the art is hasn't been pleasing to my eye, but this is really good. Is uh, Acuna hasn't been drawing the main series? No. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty pumped to see what goes on with this. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see the first like three or four issues. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be sticking with it. Um. Yeah, and I'm really curious if this is T'Challa in spirit, like the regular T'Challa that's been transported thousands of years into the future, or if this is just some totally unrelated dude that they've named T'Challa, except he has memories of what looks like Storm. Yeah, and, you know, even now you bring that up, I really like Daniel Cunha's arc, but I would say that uh, 
distinguishing faces is not one of necessarily his strong suits. Like he oftentimes I'll sort of feel like uh, in his like uncanny Avengers run and stuff, like I would you know, like people could look pretty similar. So in this one I was sort of like, I assume it's T'Challa, um, but I give it a seven. Uh, seven as well. Uh, I didn't love it, but I am I am uh, interested. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'll give it an eight. I'm, I'm quite intrigued, and it's got a beautiful cover too. Beautiful covers. Yeah, the there's a lot of good covers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the variants are all very cool. Tom uh, Osico, it's glad to have you in the comic book family. Just making moves. Hmm. Oh, was I on your toe there? No, I had I had a I had a cramp. Oh. Well, that wasn't because of you. Meow. <laughs> um. Black Hammer. Mm. What's what's that all about? It's like it's superheroes, but it's like a, it's like a gritty, like realistic take on superheroes, though, right? Is that is that uh, is that the vibe I'm I'm there, getting? There's some grittiness. There's some realisticness. <laughs> I mean, more so than like you know Marvel or DC superhero stuff, right? It's like a Black Mirror episode with Astro City. Okay. Um, sure. I've, twi- never, I've twi- never seen Black Mirror. Twilight Zone <laughs> meets Astro City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's these folks, these superheroes that after a big battle with basically their their Galactus, um, I think they wake up and they're trapped in this small rural town and they all where they live on this farm and they can never escape past a certain boundary of the town. There's like a, a force holding them there. And what they spend years there not knowing what happened. Oh. And the original Black Hammer got killed in that final battle with their their foe. And then mm. sort of the bri- the bridging point between the first volume and this volume was the Black Hammer's daughter sort of getting the hammer, inheriting the powers, and then showing up on the farm, and then as soon as she showed up, she got separated again and taken to this weird sort of interdimensional bar that we got a lot of insight into like the grander story with this issue, uh, number mm-hmm. two, which uh, is written yeah. by Jeff Lemire and art by Dean Ormiston. Uh, Age of Doom, number two. Black Hammer, like, 14-something, yeah, if, you're, if yeah. you're keeping track of, like, legacy title numbers. Um, yeah, but basically this little bar that she's trapped in, that, like, the, the, the Ramones were the house band for. Um, oh, is that she, who that is? In the first issue, oh, the right. last issue it was. Um, yeah. The bartender basically tells her that this is a sort of staging ground for stories to be told, and, like, everything that exists is a story that's being told. Um, and there's a lot of stories that want to get out, whether they're good stories or bad stories, and that translates to, you know, he then tricks her into going to hell, and she ends up trapped in hell talking to the devil. He tries to make her think that her dad is there, and she's like, no, that's not my dad, and then she just uses her big hammer to wreck shit for a little while, and the devil's like, get out of here. Uh, (laughs) Wrecking my stuff. You are wrecking all of my little debos that hang out with me in my flame house. You're saying Justin would have liked this issue. Uh, Justin Justin would really like this issue, yeah. And there's some good character stuff between them. I, I kind of lost interest in the series during the second half of the first half. So um, the second volume of this was all sort of single-issue vignettes into the histories of the characters, and for some reason that caused me to lose interest a little bit. But now that we're back into the sort of why are we here, what is this place, what is this mystery... Um, I found myself way more invested again. I like I like the mystery. I like I like the whole thing about these characters, especially the relationship between um, Barbal Barba- I can't say his name. Barbalian. Yeah, Barbalian, and and Gale, 
who I just am tickled with because I love yeah. that idea of the Captain Marvel character that's in real life is an old woman but is stuck in her superpower little girl form when she's actually in her 60s. Um, I like the conversation they had when she talked about the fact that she had been see- seeing Dr. Sherlock Frankenstein. and Yeah, one of their old foes. Yeah, and she's being chastised because he's a demon, and she's just sort of sheepishly like, eh, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you did a zombie. <laughs> yeah, because they're having this, this conversation, the heartfelt conversation cause, about their love lives because she was separated by this event from from her from her lover and Barbalian in his human form has a, cr- a big crush on the local uh, reverend and he actually like brought that up to the reverend and put himself out there and the reverend was like nah, I don't want anything to do with you go yeah. away that was a real hard issue yeah ouch yeah yeah brave stuff and then they end up, basically, she gets taken to the dreamland now. She gets kicked out of hell, and she's like, I'm taking this little gimpy hell slave of yours also. Oh, yeah, Jack and Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Is she going to make, like, a, a team from all these dimensions she's getting kicked around into? Or? Uh, I wouldn't say anything that grandiose. He mostly seems just sort of like a comic relief, almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that, that's very good. It was very good. Very good, and I love the art. It's just not like anything else. It's just, it's almost, it doesn't look anything like Jeff Lemire's art himself, but it's equally sort of weird and gross, and it almost, mm. like, there's something kind of weird about Lemire's art himself. So I give this one a eight. Eight? Comic scores. How many comic scores do you give it, Roman, out of ten? I'll give it a nine. Yeah. I would have given it a 13 just because there's a 13 right there on the last page, but I can't. It's a so lot can't like do that. Morpheus from Sandman. It is. I was going to say this character at the end. I, spoilers. Uh, um, Stephanie Browners. What? I, I only know uh, Morpheus from uh, The Matrix. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like that Morpheus. But no, it looks like dream. the Morpheus Sandman dream, except with kind of little Jack Kirby lines on his or her face. I'm not sure. And boy, yeah, Twilight Zone. Eyeballs, doors. Yeah. Well, I hope she takes the red pill. <laughs> I thought she's going to take the red door. Is that the right one? Uh, it's I don't ever remember. If Morpheus told me to take a pill right now, I wouldn't know which one to take. Gosh, I yeah. just take them all at once. See oh. What, see what happens. Rom daddy. You can't. <laughs> hey, Brayden, did you go on any fantastic adventures this week yourself? Did you find anything? No, I stayed indoors like pretty much <laughs> my whole weekend. Nice. Just playing video games. Um, <laughs> I did take uh, an, an adventure of the mind, if you will. Yep, uh, you always like to take acid on your Sundays. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a bad, that's a bad, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. Um, I did read. I walked into my house yesterday to a house full of people on acid. What? Did you call the cops? Called the cops. Gosh, right there need, on the spot. You yeah, need somewhere you, to stay? You don't live No, with I got a whole house to myself now. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Walking around naked. Oh, no. Speaking of which, that night before, I at 2 30 walked out to go to the bathroom through my house and I looked across at the clock and it was 2 30 and I looked over and there was Jake in the cupboard while I was standing there naked <laughs> and I had to like squeal and run backwards into my room and wrap a towel around me oh. yep gotta be careful oh, living with people that's why I stopped yeah. I can't yeah, too. Too wait to stop too much squealing <laughs> um but yeah, speaking of adventures, though, I... I <laughs> squealing adventures. Speaking of squealing, <laughs> I read Adventure Time, Beginning of the End, number one of three, 
written by Ted Anderson and illustrated by Marina Julia. Um, I haven't really read Adventure Time comic in a while. I've picked up some like one-shots here and there as I've come out. Um, I got pretty big on the main series back when Ryan North was writing it. That was one of the first books I subscribed to. At Did he shop. do the tiny little font on the bottom of the pages? Oh, yes. That's, wh that's oh, where it all that began. Right. That was Even his, in Adventure Time. That was like his first published comic, and that's he did it in that, so it's kind of his It's an old thing. Shtick. You should stop it. <laughs> no, never stop. Um, but, yeah, I read this, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like, um, it was a really... Like it's and it's timed, I think, uh, kind of coinciding with uh, the series ending, which is cool. But it's got cool art that's different from the show, but still looks like the characters and is fun to follow. But basically, uh, Finn kind of gets stuck outside of time because the like uh, the the. Chronologius Rex, master of the fourth dimension, Lord of Eternity, mm. the all-time, uh, uh, calls him for breaking an oath he made to uh, him and uh, says he's going to like remove him uh, and all memory of him from time and reality. Uh, and Finn's all freaked out, and he's like, no way, man, I can't. That's not cool. I got to be real and shit. Um, and it was, I don't know, it just felt, it was a very kind of... Uh, deep look like it didn't feel like a kid's like fun time adventure time comic it felt like some of the more surreal episodes where they kind of get into the Finn's headspace and stuff and so that was really fun to explore in a comic because I haven't really done it before um but basically this whole uh reason is like there's a lot of flashbacks of Jake and Finn fighting the treehouse and Jay or Finn, when they first find it, says, hey, let's hang out here all the time and have adventures, like, for all time and stuff. And then recently, Jake, like, told him he wanted to do something, and Finn had said, like, oh, he didn't feel like hanging out or something, Whoa. and it was like... Does he get a girlfriend? No, he's if had some girlfriends. one thing that'll... Stop a buddy from hanging out with his buddies. It's a big old stinky girlfriend. Well, well, Jake's married uh, in a lot of the show, and he still hangs out with Finn all the time. So Jake is married. Oh yeah, he's the got dog? he's got kids, maybe grandkids. Really? Yeah, they grow up very fast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Rainicorn dogs, fusion, babies, <laughs> puppies, um, and yeah, it was just it was a cool Adventure Time issue, and I I I had a fun time reading it, and I haven't, and it kind of made me nostalgic for the series that is. That is ending, and then I think it's uh, it's ending good and naturally. Like I think it's kind of run its course, and I and I love it. But I'm glad it's not dragging on forever. Um, but yeah, no, I I would I would give this issue an, an eight out of ten. I'm I'm genuinely curious to see where it ends up, and it kind of brings in some real like buddy issues that happen, and kind of dealing it with that kind of you know real emotional feeling in, like, the typical Adventure Time way with, like, you know, a Lord of Time and, like, Crazy Adventure, which Lord is a time, great lens to look at problems like that through. Ruler of the Fourth Dimension, uh, Chronosphere, these are all concepts that I am very on board with. Morpheus. Uh, Red Pill, Blue Pill. Nebuchadnezzar. What is he gonna eat? Red pill or blue pill? I think it's the red one, because red is more like... Uh, it's more dangerous. It's like, yeah, blue is like calm, yeah. safe. 
I mean, typically those are those are color stereotypes. Um, yeah. Roman, the blue pill Statler. Hey. <laughs> Calm and safe. I don't, I don't know if I like that. That sounds boring, though. I'm boring. No, you're not. You're wonderful and beautiful. Boring. And you're a guy who's got a giant box of porn now. So <laughs> you're like, It's like that movie, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah, well, with, uh, where he says you can take the red pill or the blue pill. Um, if you take the red one, you'll be a virgin forever. And if, and you, if you take, take the, the blue, blue pill, one, you will run a paper company for the rest of your life mm. in... <laughs> Scranton, Pennsylvania. And be a virgin also forever. Right. Except for when Jan. Wow. Those aren't good choices. Well, that's that's the Matrix for you. It's... Yeah, but the thing is, is he chose that. Uh, so he's in incel. No, that's involuntary. Let's move. Let's get away from this. Take what's me our, away. What's our next book? Our next book um, is. It might be some kind of stark, stark. Contrast? Damn with it. This Thank you. Contra- yeah. I couldn't contra- think of a stark. Have Roman, did you read this book? I did not, because you. You kind of made me not want to. <laughs> Invincible oh. Iron Man number 600 by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Stefano Caselli, Alex oh, Maleev, David Marquez, Daniel Acuna, Laniel Francis Yu, wow. Jim Chung, Mike Diodato Jr., Mark Bagley. Mark Chung? That's a lot of artists. A ton of inkers that aren't credited. And 100,000 text boxes. one million letters. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you actually read... This whole issue, Jeff? I did you make it? I skipped probably like three pages. Mm-hmm. I I won at like at one point I actually felt like it was offensive. Oh no. Like I I, I really was just like this is insulting how many words are in here. But it's Bendis' final Marvel comic and, and it's, it's like yeah. It's, yeah, so I I read all of it. Um I throughout this whole series I had sort of glossed over the Riri stuff mm-hmm. just because I don't necessarily care about the champions and that whole crew. Um, and really was reading this for the Doctor Doom stuff, and that didn't get a super solid resolution. Well, I mean, that didn't, but the Riri stuff didn't anyway. And or the to- I feel like, I don't know, none of it resolved very well to me, I thought. I think that Bendis's Iron Man run is a real failed experiment. I think Oof. it was like, um, I think it was a... A, a possible challenge that he took nearing the end of Marvel, his time with Marvel, and I think in reality a better thing to do would have been to leave Marvel a couple years earlier because this felt like he didn't really do with it what he wanted to. There's a lot of ideas uh, that he brings in the characters, and I, and I like them all, but it didn't feel like they got the proper fleshing out they no. needed. He wrote like just sort of a whole page like with way too many words, just sort of wrapping all these like, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, this happened, because this, then this, then this, and you're like, okay, well, where was that story? Yeah, this and this whole arc, um, the I can't remember what it was actually called, uh, the search for Tony Stark, which has been like seven or eight issues, I feel like, and it felt like it was just dragging on and nothing was really happening. And then, and then he, finally, he tries, he, like, everything happens all at once in, in one a page, issue. Like, in an entire, like, a, a page with 15 text boxes, Tony Stark's AI explains what he's been doing, where he's been, why he's been doing it, for no reason. Like, he he disappeared from everybody to bring Rhodey back, but there's no reason he couldn't have also told people, like, hey, I'm just working on bringing Rhodey back. And it never really explains how he comes back. He just says, oh, I rebooted myself. And then I thought, hey, why not reboot Rhodey? It's like, okay, why not reboot everybody? And, like, it, and it was, he re, like, I rebooted myself, hence the period with no hair. And you're like, that doesn't make it any more logical is that or like, make any sense. Is that the price you paid for, yeah, for like, a second chance at life? 
Um, I, yeah, he can't program hair. What? Some like, some real nice art, but like just yeah. not like I've and never like, seen. I don't think I've ever seen this many words in a comic <laughs> book that is not like actually intentionally being mostly God. prose, like after death. His his dad shows up. His like his real dad, who apparently is a just a was jerk, a, was a hydra agent who died. Comes back now and then dies again. Maybe he gets well, shot. And Bendis just sort of made up this whole new Tony Stark's parents thing. Yeah, and after like I think Kieran Gillen had yeah, I was done gonna this, say like, he did one like three no four years like, ago. His original now. origin with like alien parents or something. Like. Yeah, which I don't think is any better. But I it's don't, like let us like just put him back, give him his parents. Like I don't him, care about this story. Give him some someone to have as a parent. Yeah, but. And then, yeah, and then and Riri's being recruited into, like, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Secret Avengers group for Wayward Teens or something. Yeah. I, she is, because she just joined the Champions in the last few issues. It looks of like Champions. the Champions is about they to show come. up in here. Jo- oh, Joe yeah. da Vinci's uh, oh, really? just Champions of the, yeah, teen. teen. Leo Davies. Leo uh, Davies. Neo Navy. School for g- gifted <laughs> B list characters. <laughs> yeah. So, so Rhodey's alive again? Yep. yep. Okay. And who he was, was very... Who was he with? Was he with Carol or someone? Uh, it says when he, he was, in he, this that he, he died was... in by Thanos' hand. Yeah. Did, did Thanos kill him? It was, uh, in, uh, that according was in, to this. That would have had to have been an Infinity, which was like four years ago, three years ago. I thought he died during like Secret Empire. I thought he did too because it was the same... It was that same battle where She-Hulk was like traumatized and led into yeah. her series. And, and I feel and, yeah, like they it like on the changed same page. it to Thanos just to fit the movie. Oh, because he got yeah, killed it was by Secret Thanos. Wars. Yeah, or what you just said. Secret Empire. Yeah, Secret Hydra. Empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I would hope that was just like a mistake, not like a. No, because there was even like a clever little Bendis caption I mean, next to it. Yeah, they talk about yeah, like they they kind of hit home that it was Thanos that killed him, but. I I haven't I don't know I haven't kept up with them I'm gonna have to look on the the War Machine Wikipedia. <coughs> so, yeah. And it's like, gosh, I I I, I love Brian Michael Bendis and I like a I lot of the too. art that's been in the series, but I think uh, and this is his, like his final Marvel issue and he's got a, a sweet little gallery of photos at the back that mm-hmm. was nice, but uh, boy, it was just kind of felt like a mess and yeah, I I hope. I hope it was a mess because he was in a not great work situation, and I hope he's leaving that for something better. It just seems like uninspired, like a person who sort of came up with a new idea and sort of a last-ditch effort to be excited about something, and they just sort of couldn't sustain that, and was mm-hmm. like, no, I, I just didn't really want to be here anymore. Um, I give this one a five. There, I mean, the yeah. art is generally pretty good, although the Caselli stuff is bad. Like, the Caselli ink stuff is very bizarre. I even had to, at one point, like, look, there's just this two-page spread that goes to another page, and, like, the art totally changes. Like, the the thickness of the ink line is, like, four times as thick on one page than the next, and it's just, like, real gross and inconsistent and jarring. And that, those were supposed to be pages by the same artist. So there's clearly a billion people involved in this, and... So what happened with Doom, basically? I mean, what's, I don't what's, know. what's next for I Doom? I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, like, they, he just kind of goes 
home and they sort of say like, well, we never really understood why Doom did all this stuff or what the cost was to him. And we never and, will. And we never will. <laughs> and Tony it just ends up in Latveria again. Tony Stark keeps complaining about, why are you running around dressed up like me? And I'm, I keep thinking, like, he didn't look like Iron Man his whole time. Like, he, he kind of took the title, I guess. And he was wearing the, I mean, an Iron Man suit the whole run. But sure, yeah, but, but like... It looked like a sleeker version of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like... Iron Man doesn't have a... I mean, he probably thinks he does, like, a copyright on, like, robotic suits. Yeah. I mean, I think he did take Stark tech, though. Sure. Do, but that being said, you're right. Like, just because he's in a suit. Anyway, <laughs> Bendis, I, it, you had a great exit with that Spider-Man mm. outro uh, a couple weeks ago, and mm. this should have come out earlier because this was a, a, a big misstep, I think. But it's 600, so yeah. it's a big deal. Um, I, I, I would give it a four. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is Dan Slott doing new Iron Man? Yeah. He's, doing, he's getting all the science books, huh? Yeah. Guys, I'm going to talk for a minute or two about S.H.I.E.L.D. Um... So this is this yeah, is okay. Jasmine. So this is the new stuff. Like the last one was a re. So this is unpublished Shield by Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver. Um, in 2010, 2011, they wrote a six-issue miniseries called Shield: Architects of Forever, and that was going to be followed by a second miniseries of six issues called Shield: The Human Machine. And that second one never finished. That was seven years ago now. So there wait. were only four issues of those okay. six put together. So, two or three weeks ago, what I had been really excited about on here was the collection of issues one through four, the already published issues of that second half of the series. Um, and they had done that at that time because issues five and six were going to be coming out. And this is why Leonardo da Vinci is bopping around in the Iron Man book. Um, this is super cool. Um, in issue four of those first four that came out, we basically, we're basically dealing with Leonardo da Vinci um, and Reed Richards' grandfather and Tony Stark's grandfather um, fighting against Isaac Newton and Nostradamus. And they are having this battle. Listen, that's like... All you need to say, and I'm so I'm so interested in this book. Like, I, I really need to check it out. Like, it's very, very good. I love. It's kind of got that like Marvel 1602 vibe yep, almost. Yep. But like, yeah, uh, but even a little bit more up my alley, which yeah. is sort of in the in the sci-fi. So what happened in the that sort of second half that came out recently? Um, that battle gets taken to the future, but it's taken to three different possible futures. Um, one of them is the height of modernity, so the height of, like, science. The other is the rebirth of man, so, like, technology has evolved and then collapsed and back to, like, uh, more caveman-like times, but there's the ruins of a civilized city. And then the end of the world, so, like, the Earth has collapsed and everything is being ruined. Oh, it's just um, like a time machine. Yeah. It, but the thing that's really, really cool about it is in issue four of that, as continued in this issue, is the whole issue is played out and every page is divided horizontally into three different horizontal panels right. and you're watching the same scenes play out in the three different time periods across all of these pages. So you're watching the same thing uh, at one point, the living oh, metaphor man. of the star child's mother, which is a celestial dove, is murdered. And in each page you see the killing of this dove in like a different way. Um, it's just really 
every time I read a page, I had to understand how to read it. Um, there was a lot of thought in it, and I, I think it's just absolutely brilliant. I love the idea of watching a single climactic battle unfold three separate ways, but also metaphorically being explored the exact same way. Um, it's it's just so fucking cool. And uh, like I had said before, like they're in this human machine that um, they're using personalities to power, but it's like symbolically uh, being powered in the form of Jacob's ladder, which is like the visual representation of, like, you know, the symbol in the Jew Jewish Kabbalah. Uh, it's so there's just this really cool sort of religious scientific uh, intellectual discussion going on, but it's all sort of conveyed through metaphor. It's, it's one of the most metaphorically like metaphor based Hickman stories that I've ever read. It's, it's while being one foot really, really grounded in Marvel continuity and history. It's also like super, super just out there and vague. And uh, man, Isaac Newton's a bad guy. And at the end we get an awesome uh... Vitruvian man shot. And, it's just like I didn't like this one quite as much as the the collection that had just come out, but uh, it's you know issue five of six, and I can't wait to see what happens at the end of all this. And I'm super pumped that uh, Leo da Vinci is popping up in other books. I cannot imagine that anyone is going to write anything related to this in a way that is even close to as intelligent or awesome as the way Jonathan Hickman has been doing it, but I'm excited to see other people playing with his toys, mm -hmm. and I give this a nine. Also, Dustin Weaver's art has come a long way from the beginning of this series, and he is a really incredible comic artist. He's the guy who does Packlist, which he just writes and draws oh. to keep himself busy, and like he's got uh, another series he just does digitally and releases like a page every day like he he's like a guy who it's just working super super hard uh, all the time and uh i think it's pretty incredible and i love it when marvel gets as far out and bizarre as this and if anybody ever has any questions about it i would love to talk about it so please um jeffrey that uh the like three horizontal panels yes. with like the three different timelines is that yeah. is that was that happening before or just starting in this that happened that started in issue four so okay. the last issue of that collected reprint that came gosh because they ago. they uh they pull that trick in one of your one of uh the whole story's favorite shows uh, rick and morty <laughs> Oh, which yeah. uh, furthers my suspicion that they are big Hickman fans. They, they are from huge Hickman fans. His uh, Reed Richards stuff too. Yeah, that. And they, that. there's a whole episode where like the they get split up into different realities, and like the same thing is playing out, just like but slightly different. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, and th this one came out in 2011, so long. Yeah, long time ago is when we started doing that. Hey. Yeah. Listen. Let's let's take a let's take a trip to Roman's dusty comic shop comic box. What, what did, what, Roman, in the corner of the, the store that we have labeled Roman's dusty comic shop comic box, talk, stop in for a, a, a ha, Come on in and stop on thank by. You. <laughs> <clears throat> um, in that dusty corner, I, and I know, and I know Django, I was really enjoying the beef. Did Jingo mention the beef in his buckshot? I don't... Did he? I don't remember. This it was is, so long ago, I don't remember. I think it's pronounced the Beth. The Beth? Yeah. Oh. 
the Bef, the Bef of Magneto. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and this is from Image Comics. <clears throat> it's issue number four by Star King, Shane Line, Shaky Kane, and Ross Hell. I wonder how many of those are made-up names. <laughs> um, part four of Cowboy. I've been really enjoying this series. This is my favorite issue so far. Um, basically, the beef is a guy who's worked in this, this meatpacking plant in the pig belt of America, so probably Missouri or somewhere like that. The pig belt? Yeah, I, I didn't know that was that. That's actually a thing. It's where all the industrial pig slaughterhouses are that produce the, the pork for America. Pigs didn't come from somewhere, Jeff. That's true. The jungle. I hope so. The, the, the swine jungles of Cambodia. Sucks to your ass bar. Oh, who am? <laughs> what was that? Um, but this guy, he, he's been working that his whole life and, you know, killing, killing cows. Um, sorry, I said pigs earlier. Killing cows. Oh, God, um, the swine belt. Yeah, yeah. The beef belt. The beef belt. The beef belt. And he's finally starting to have some reactions The suede strip. There's a Stan Lee sort of old redneck character that runs the town, runs the runs the factory. His two idiot, it's implied inbred sons are the local thugs. This issue starts off and it's narrated by a cow. Mm. And the last issue ended with our main character, Chuck, who's become the beef for reasons we don't know. It's something about to do with tainted milk he's been drinking. The beef being a superhero made out of beef? Kind of. It's a or big like beef. Muscle? Well, it's a big, huge, stocky dude, muscular dude, except you can see the sinnoh. You can see his muscle culture. You can, you can see his skull and bones and stuff. And he has, when he's like that, he has super strength and, and basically super strength. He's not like that all the time, though. No. No. Okay. He's, a regular, he he's a regular looking dude until he beefs or beffs out. Mm. Um, and the last issue, the girl he likes but he's afraid to talk to and admit his feelings for her, she gets shot by one of these thuggy dudes. This issue starts cool. off, the cow is narrating. And I wish Jango was here to talk about this because the, the, um, the, 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 what do you call that? The visual layouts, the, the, layout? yeah, the stuff Django is so into is so interestingly done in this. And the cow is narrating. And if, you know, it's, it's, this issue could almost make me vegetarian. Mm, it's just so, like the jungle. Just like the jungle. Because it's talking about hor- the horrible things cows go to go through in pigs, chickens, everything. But cows in our production in America. And it's just terrifying. And meanwhile, this woman's being being held captive here, about to be killed. Um, there's just so much information in this. It really made it really made me feel, you know, we're really lucky to live where we do because we have a choice about we can get, like, locally produce meats that are, you know, animals that are raised in a pasture and not in a factory, and we have a choice about that. But, you know, if you live in rural Missouri or something, or, you know, landlocked, you got to eat what's like McDonald's or whatever, which comes from places like this. Um, it, it's just... So many levels this works. Action, adventure, educational about uh, about our industrial farm production lines in America. Did you say Upton Sinclair wrote this? <laughs> it could have, yeah. If Upton Sinclair <clears throat> and Jack Kirby were in the same brain, they would have created the Beth. Um, <laughs> there's these weird things, the power of the cow that, that, that gives the beef... The, the impetus to rise up again and protect protect the woman he loves. And, and the proletariat. And the proletariat, yeah, all that. Oh, my gosh. And then and then there's a huge, oh, 
he pounds this milk truck and releases the milk that like wipes out everybody. It's just amazing, just amazing. And then Gandhi shows up at the very oh. end. <laughs> Do you know how long it's supposed to be? How long it's supposed to be? Oh. Um, it doesn't say. This is the fourth issue. I'm not sure how many more issues it's going to be. It's a limited I think it's series. Maybe one more. Yeah, it doesn't actually say. Hmm. Oh yeah, one more to be concluded. Hmm. It's such a good series. Hmm. What is it about? It's about oh geez, um, big farm industrial culture in America. It's about the the American consumerism. It's about geez the plight of immigrants in America. It's about the, our bad our bad eating habits. It's about rednecks with power. Wow, it's Colville. Sounds like Colville. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, from what I hear, yeah, it could be. What'd you give this issue? Could beef. I would give this issue Oh, I would give this issue nine flank steaks. Well What a good unit of Is that a, is that a good steak? I don't know. Where does the I guess flank is the hip? Is sure. The hip? I, uh, you're you're asking the wrong <laughs> the wrong uh wrong dude. I was, raised, cut I, of beef. I, I was raised on a farm, but we didn't have cows. Hmm. So I don't know, I'm not sure. I think it's the I think it's the hip. Uh, Hey, Braden, did you read Old Man Hawkeye? Um, for the third time today, I'll say it again. Uh, I don't read comics about old men anymore. <laughs> okay, and why is that? How about old beef? Um, I don't know. I don't care about them. You just, I was thinking they should need to make an old man Marvel series. An old, ma- old, like old man verse. Old, yeah, old men and old women running around yeah, doing old Yeah, because we've got old, old woman uh, Laura and old woman Kamala Khan running well, around, got too. Old lady, we've got old man Hawkeye. We've got old lady Kate Bishop in the end of this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Let me see Being that. Being pretty awesome. Gosh, she's not that. She can't be that old. She's got white hair. Yeah, pretty it's hard cool. to tell now because that's a thing now where younger women, like in their 20s, dye their hair white. Mayor Bishop, huh? Doing mm-hmm. pretty well for herself. Yep, yep. Is she? Is this L.A.? Ooh, I don't know if she's still in L.A. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure where they are. I don't think I they're in L.A. Was LA. Okay. I thought it was not in the south. Los Angeles. Yeah, I thought it was in the southwest somewhere. This book has continued being really, really good. I actually did not read the last issue because that was the week I was not here, I believe. Um, and I just was like, I'm going to see if I can get down with this issue. And I really can. It is, it's almost like that Thanos book in that every issue sort of has its own conflict fitting into a larger thing. So it's a sort of a puzzle book. This is by uh, Ethan Sachs and Marco Cicchetto on art. Um, and the art is just gorgeous. Uh, they did this. Pun- uh, he did a Punisher run. The, not a lot of really, really new stuff to say here. Django is right. There's a lot of venom, so I know he's excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Roman, what'd you think? I dug it. I, I, I wasn't. I liked the previous issue a little more. The issue with um, Atlas mm-hmm. and their face-off. Uh, <clears throat> That's why I don't read them anymore. You don't read the, you don't like that old man pointing look. What is that? You don't like old guys, <laughs> old strong dad figures. I'm st- I'm starting to get offended. Yeah, you're only 36. Oh, that's true. That's true. And I'm not a strong dad figure. <laughs> <laughs> you're a weak dad figure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bad dad. No, um, I. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I just like saying I don't read comics about old men anymore. Well, you really did feel betrayed <laughs> when the spider buggy wasn't really in that issue. Well, when when the Mad Max car wasn't in that issue, I don't care about the spider buggy. Oh, okay. I didn't really like Old Man Logan, to be honest. But yeah, I'm kind of curious about this one. I got. I want to dive back into it. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like the sad, melancholy person with a lot of regret visiting a world that is 15 degrees different than our own, but you can see echoes of the past in it. Mm-hmm. That's that's my kind of jam. Yeah, this issue... I... Maybe I'm a little venomed out. I don't know. I mean, I like, <laughs> I like, I like the idea of the, symbi- the symbiote being oh, on, right. being on Mad- Madrox, the multiple man. I'm glad we finally know how to pronounce it. <laughs> you know uh, what is really nice? Because I would also feel venomed out, but you just spend three minutes around Django and you get you get it again. You mm-hmm. get stuck with the oat. Mm. The oat cho. I was wondering, are we making fun of that? What if that's the real way you pronounce it? Then we look Because it, it is absolutely not. Because it is called symbiosis, which happens because of symbiotes. I, <laughs> I really do think that there's probably not a right way, symbiote and biote. Um, it's definitely spelled biote, but I think colloquially it's just biote. Symbiote. I guess, yeah, that does Symbionic sound. Symbionic titan. That does sound. Simba. Symbiosis. <laughs> Simba. The, it's, it's, yeah, it was just really weird the way they said it and the way they said it like three or four times in the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Was... Oh, my gosh, I didn't even notice this. There's an ad for Multiple Man number one in this comic book where Multiple Man is, is right, he covered gets, by the symbiote. He gets the symbiote. Suit, right? Yeah. I love that they are referring to like that clan of multiple men that he w- wiped out as like the 16th generation. Like, there, like there's these weird generations of multiple men that are coming out in like waves and I don't know I, I like that quite a bit yeah well there's this wild thing the kid does there's a kid in the Turks kid grandkid I don't know I don't know Aww. but the kid has uh, Hank Pym's Ant-Man helmet and he the kids like figured out how to how to talk to ants and everything sure my favorite part in this is the kid comes back in here he's he's jumped in I think Hawkeye's car uses it to crash through the wall and hit hit Venom and the way he's driving the car is he's commanded the ants, and I have no idea if this is actually work, but this is so crazy. Commanded the ants to form, to fill up the space between his little kid foot and and the gas pedal. <laughs> so he's pressing down on a, a like a pound of ants that, that are on top of the gas pedal so he can drive. That, that was pretty good. <laughs> Gosh, I can't imagine that working, but I love I, yeah, that it's I in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> what the ants just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this world. I love the art. I love the characters. I'm going to give it a nine. I will give it a seven. Because <gasps> it has got that crazy Mad Max thing that's really cool. Not enough of it, though. Yeah, not enough of it. And at first I was confused. Although there was some very Mad Max car stuff in this issue. Did you just mm, see that? Was. Actually, there was. I saw the car. Yeah. Good looking stuff, too. I don't know who that is. The girl, the, she's also got a bow. See, she has a bow, and I thought that was Kate Bishop at first until we get to the end, and no. That's, that's just somebody somebody in Kate's village there because wow. she's talking to Kate. I just realized that. There's like, is that the original Captain America's shield? Oh, that's cool. Fortress of Ju- Justice stuff there. Um, <clears throat> Brayden, you're in charge. What, what's now? Uh, what? Uh, did we are, we... are we talking about anything else? Are we talking about um, uh, how... How long have we gone? Do, do, do we do enough for our <laughs> podcast? Do I do I keep going? Are, are, we, are we buckshotting? Uh, let's do a let's do a little. What's the prisoner about? <laughs> the prisoner, man. If you enjoy, did you talk about the first one already? I did. Okay, I don't, I, I don't I know think which I episode mi- I that was. It. I mean, basically, if if listeners, if you enjoyed the original Prisoner TV series with Patrick McGuhan, 
you'll love this. I what's, mean, what's that about? Magoo hand. It's it's about a secret agent. First episode, well, during the credits, opening credits, he gets ticked off with the secret MI five or whatever it is and Bond in Britain that he works MI6. for. MI six. He tells them off. He storms out. Goes to his flat. Uh, is gassed and wakes up in the village, which is this weird. There's like the village, the neo village? Italian and different architecture and things, and you can't leave the village. It's somewhere. Adrian Brody's sort of like walking around laughing like a crazy guy. Sean Wan's making pretzels. I'll give you the one of those references. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's on water somewhere, and this entire 17 episodes of the series, he's trying to escape from the village. Because he's a prisoner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're, can we, and they're trying to get information out of him. Can we get a real strong spoiler warning and find out if he ever gets out of that place? Spoiler warning for Spoilers, the prisoner. Huge spoiler warning for the Prisoner TV series. Um, at the final episode, it's been a year since I watched it. The final episode, he does get out, discovers the secret of the village, maybe. What is it? <laughs> and then the series ends. So it's like the Wicker Man. Or Lost. Except no supernatural stuff. Okay, so he just put both of our theories in a bag. But, but Monster. yeah. I mean, the whole thing may have been a creation of the British government, or may not be. And this series is just as mysterious. Peril is that there's a, a modern agent for a British Secret Service who gets ticked off after a mission, storm, quits the agency, storms out, gets gassed, wakes up in the village. They know about the village. He wakes up and he's like, oh my God, I'm in the village. And, there, and there's a woman that was also an agent that got captured on a mission, disappeared. They thought maybe she was dead. Turns out she was captured by the village. He, he wants to go rescue her. Um, and it's weird. It's bizarre. It's Peter Milligan, the writer of... Um, oh. Ecstatics. Ecstatics. And Legion, and, currently. Oh, yeah. And Legion. So and the last Kid, issue and, that was this week. Yeah, and Kid Lobotomy. Um, so it's very bizarre. Very British bizarre. And it's it's just... It's a it's a it's a lovely weird series. You you piqued my interest. I want to, I really want to read this now. It's very much. And the art is is very. It's perfectly acceptable art. Yeah, yeah. There's these weird things called rovers that are the security kind of force. For oh, the, the big white balls. The big white I've balls. Seen yeah. those uh -oh. as, like, in, as references. Yeah, to in the TV thing. show, and they just have this like <laughs> noise, and they pop out of the water and come after you and envelop you, and there's. In the show, wow. there's these goofy edits where it's coming towards you, bouncing, and all of a sudden there's a rough edit, and all of a sudden the actor is like inside this thing, and it's like <laughs> sucked to his face, and he can't breathe. And, Dang. Ugh, and they're really sucks. just like weather balloons that were cast-offs that they found in like an Army-Navy store, whatever they have <laughs> in, gotta in, have something in England. They're like, oh, yeah. let's inflate this and just bounce it around, mm -hmm. and this is yeah. the threatening security thing. That's cool. There's references to it like in The Simpsons, like in that Simpsons episode where they're on a giant chessboard and being moved yeah. around. Like in Harry Potter. Man, I've been working on getting through Sorcerer that Stone. Oh, good. did they do that there too? Yeah, they they play chess, but uh, if it's you lose a piece, chess? you die in real life. Oh, okay. Well, they played the chess uh, chess game with prisoners on the board in the village. That's silly. <laughs> From the late 60s. Hey, Roman, are you telling me that you've never read Harry Potter? I've never read Harry Potter. Have you ever watched Harry Potter? I've seen... Three or four of the movies. I'm not even sure which ones. Isn't that well, I, I saw the first two. Do you like Harry Potter? Um, I I never read the last two books. Okay. Uh, but I do. I did like the the first five. 
That's but then my uncle stopped sending us them every year, so I uh, I didn't read them. I mm. I should give it a chance again. I tried reading the first one, and I was really sick that year, and I couldn't get into it. I was like, God, this is so simplistic. It's just not oh. holding my attention. Simplistic. Plus I plus I'd already read books of magic, and I felt like during the first Harry Potter book, I was like, this is all. Neil Gaiman did this all, but much better. Mm. <laughs> wow. Strong I, opinions. I really like... Yeah, I shouldn't say... And I feel bad saying that because so many people love Harry Potter and now people are going to hate me. Yeah. No one will ever hate you. You're all beautiful. Our, all our big Harry Potter fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. S- Gracie, I'm sorry. Um, but we're coming to your graduation party, so it's okay. We are. We need um, to RSVP for that. We do need to RSVP <laughs> for that. We're not very good at things. So <laughs> is can, what, what are people excited about for next week? Anybody Anybody got anything? What's, what's coming next week? Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, Chicken butt. Amazing Spider-Man 800. That's one of the things that I'm excited about. You know, I was excited for that, but I'm feeling a little inundated with the 100th issues now. And I know. It's, it's, it's kind of sucks. Um, well, how about Doomsday Clock number five, of oh, which we ordered 150? Dang. So I'll read that. That's a thing. Oh, Mark Russell's uh, Judge Dredd series starts. Oh, oh sweet. That'll be That's very exciting. I hope we got lots of those. Can't wait for that. Super funny... Dread. <laughs> I know. It's going to be such a bizarre thing. Uh, Bendis' Man of Steel, number one, comes out. Oh, right after 600. And they really... No, sh- I can't wait to tear that apart. <laughs> I really want to like it, but Bendis... Man of Iron was not so great. <laughs> Man of Iron was not so great, but Man of Steel, what a thing. We just want people to enjoy comics. Yeah, for sure. Can I make a little shout out to like another? Yeah. Since we're talking about prisoner. Yeah, yeah. Another UK Marvel UK character. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Best thing. Well, I don't know because I didn't read the first half of Infinity Countdown. Darkhawk number one, which returns Darkhawk to the. This is, oh, that was a different. The, the main part of the Marvel universe, I guess. There was a Darkhawk one shot, but this is Infinity oh, Countdown. Darkhawk number one. There was, yeah, because yeah. apparently his armor is from. The Raptors, which shouldn't be confused with the Ravagers from they're Serenity. Like, they're like Shi'ar, yeah. Sentinel, Judge Dredd yeah. type things. Yeah, but and the, the but the thing that grabbed me off this issue, I was just flipped from the back, and I was like, wait, that's Death's Head. Yeah, Death's Head is back, and I didn't read the rest of the comic. I just read the Death's that, Head pages. That wisecracking so. cyborg merc with a mouth. I like yes. Him. I like him too. I was introduced to him in some used Transformers comics I bought from Hastings on Division Gosh, in Spokane. I, I had no when idea was he was part boy. of Transformers. I yeah, only know him from Kieran Gillen's Marvel stuff. See, I think because he just like shows up in all his runs. Yeah, and I think originally he showed up because actually he was a Transformer killer. He was like trying to destroy Transformers. <gasps> yeah, he was why a would bad you do guy. that? They're so cool. I think he was hired to do it. I mean, he's a bounty hunter. He's so cool, though. That's I guess that's true. You got to. Gotta make the money. How did Super Sons end up? It was. It was. Sorry, we're just. Uh, it was touching. We're, we're really going it. off we're script here. What's the opposite of Buckshot? Just kind of uh, like. Um, see, I'm very into this the opposite format, of, but I don't think that it's valuable time expenditure for listeners. The opposite of oh, Buckshot, sure. I guess. Weak toss. <laughs> <laughs> weak drop. I don't know. Mm. Um, is Buck Strong to you? One of the things I love. Buck loved, Strong. Uh, that's Roman Statler's name. Buck Strong. Buck Stallion, actually. Was, yeah, that's why I think. Your wrestler that, name. Yeah. Close. <laughs> one His of the things I'm most excited name. about in the, in, in the DC comics this week, they all had ads for the new Plastic Man series by Gail Simone. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about <laughs> that. Are you a fan of Plastic Man? I, or just yes. plastic? Well, that too, but yeah. <laughs> or just men. <laughs> well, um, men. It's raining men. It's raining um, plastic. This, it was touching. 
begins with somebody in some point in the future telling these two kids a story about the Super Sons. We don't know who this is, if it's Bruce Wayne, a descendant of Bruce Wayne, or if it's Clark Kent, we don't know. But yeah, he tells a story about the Super Sons and kind of their, you can't say final adventure. It's, they're with the Justice League. They saved the Justice League. Um, that was all fine, but the best part was kind of their dialogue at the end, just about being buddies and talking to their dads, how Superman or one of them says that tells them, wow, you guys are on your way to being better than your dads ever were. (laughs) So it just kind of sets them up that these are good buddies. They're a good team. They're going to have more adventures in the future. Yeah. It's just a really nicely thought out book. Yeah. Really, really big fan. And cool art. I'm Jeff, and I would, I don't know which pill I'd take, but I'm probably a red pill uh, myself. I'm, I'm Britton, and I would love to try a purple pill. Mm, purple great. Pills. I was going to say, is there a green pill? Can I take a green pill? No. Oh, but you get a purple pill. Oh, yeah. Looks like I made it. <laughs> Fine, I'll take the, I'll take the red pill. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, we're not so bad. <laughs> Might be too much action for me. I'll take mm-hmm. the blue pill and go back to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, Lunesta. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. So long. Thank you. Mm-hmm.